Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code locked on. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E chew.com. Promo code locked on. L O C K E D O N to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast you are locked on buccaneers your daily tampa bay buccaneers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day what's up and welcome back to crossover wednesdays here on the locked on podcast network i'm james yarko one of the hosts of locked on bucks Joined by Bill Rossetti, host of Locked On Panthers. Bill, how you doing, my man? Good, James. Good to be back with you here. It feels uh, so long since we did one of these, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, It's been quite a while, all the way back to week two. And it's amazing the emotional changes that both of our fan bases have gone through since that time. Of course, that was the... Thursday night game in Carolina that the the Bucks came away with the win. Since then, the Bucks have lost one and then won one and then lost one and then won and then lost and it's been a mess. But the Panthers, since that game, Cam Newton has not played. But the Panthers are three and zero. What's been going on in Carolina besides Christian McCaffrey having more? total yards than the New York Jets as a team what what's been going on to lead to this this run of success here for the Panthers you know it's it's funny how how things work and having a healthy quarterback really has just been the key difference I think um it, it's quite obvious and, and even going back to that that first game against the Buccaneers it it's clear and obvious and you know, no pun intended, since the NFL loves to use that phrase a million times during their games anymore with the pass interference. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even when it's clear and obvious, it doesn't necessarily it ain't clear. Get the I call. know. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I have to look up Webster's dictionary and remind myself of the definitions of clear and obvious after, after this season. <laughs> but it, it was clear in that game that. Cam Newton was just banged up and it just limited everything the Panthers could do. And now that you have Kyle Allen, who's healthy, who has a strong arm, can just be a good leader on the offense. 
it's just opened up so much for this team. And it's been really fun to watch over these last three weeks. DJ Moore get a lot more involved in the offense, Curtis Samuel. And then, of course, like you said, Christian McCaffrey is just having a ridiculous season. So it, it's it's all about the health. And that's what we talked about from the start of the season with the Panthers. It's all about the health of the quarterback situation. Obviously, we were thinking it would be the health of Cam Newton. Now, of course, we're talking about the health of Kyle Allen. But that that's ultimately been the difference in the first two weeks of the season you know, it's, so far it's a tale of two seasons, the first two weeks of the season and the last three last three weeks of the season so far. But that's been the key, has been the uh, the play and the health of Kyle Allen. Now, <clears throat> are there are there questions starting to arise as to whether or not Cam Newton is going to be the Panthers quarterback much longer? I mean, you, you figure there's going to be rumblings from whether it's analysts or just fans or whatever there there's always going to be rumblings i still feel that when he's healthy cam newton is eventually going to take his place back as the starter of this franchise the question now of course is when is that time going to be you know we we started to figure and of course cam's already been ruled out for this week which is not a surprise because we figured that even as as late as like one or two weeks ago, we were starting to just figure, okay, the Panthers are just going to let Cam rest because you have the bye coming in week seven. So we'll see leading up to week eight what the status of Cam is. But Kyle Allen has showed he can he can run this offense very well. And we know the Panthers are still pretty high on Will Greer and have some sort of future plan for him. So – it may not be a quarterback controversy yet, but I think we're slowly starting to get there, perhaps 2020 or so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just from the outside looking in, it looks like Cam Newton may not ever get back to the quarterback that he once was. At no. this point, he's so banged up, and he can he can get himself healthy, but – how long is that going to last? Because it seems like every time he trots out there, it's it's a shoulder, it's a foot, it's an ankle, mm-hmm. it's an elbow, it, it's something. Uh, you know, I think early on in his career is starting to catch up to him at this point. That you know he was he was running the ball and and doing a phenomenal job in doing so, but he was doling out punishment to these defenders, but at the same time taking on a lot of punishment. And I think a lot of that wear and tear from early on is really starting to catch up to him. Yeah, I mean, you even saw it in the first Buccaneers game. I mean, the, the team really shied away from quarterback sneaks and just letting Cam run the ball more than he was used to on a lot of these third and short and even fourth and goal or fourth and short situations. I mean, just look at the final play from scrimmage when the Buccaneers stopped Christian McCaffrey. Cam Newton, well, he's on the field, but um, – it became clear that he was not going to be involved in that play at all. That was Christian McCaffrey clears day. Tampa Bay figured it out and they stopped him two yards short. And that's, that's how the Buccaneers won the game. So he, he doesn't have that running ability anymore. Like you said, that's gone. The, the injuries have obviously piled up on him and it's probably weighing on his mind. And clearly it's weighing on the, the Panthers coaching staff as well. You know, Ron Rivera can come out and say, 
oh, that fourth down play call didn't have anything to do with Cam Newton's foot or anything. Well, clearly it did. You know, yeah. don't try to BS us. You're, you're clearly worried about the foot. Otherwise, you're just going to run Cam up the gut and get that first down and keep the Panthers alive. Instead, you try to get too cute and sprint McCaffrey to the left, and he doesn't even get close to the first down. So it's weighing on everybody's mind, and it, it's it's in, in a way it's it sucks to see too because you know Cam, like you said, used to be an amazing quarterback, an amazing athlete, but those days are gone. And now you genuinely have to question the future of both Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers as a franchise, not necessarily the Panthers in a bad way, but obviously the quarterback situation for sure. It's a new football season. Le'Veon Bell is with the New York Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. But one thing hasn't changed, and that is that my bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Right now, you can double your first deposit with a first deposit bonus worth up to $1,000. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim your bonus. You bet. You win, you get paid. Now, there, there's absolutely no question that Christian McCaffrey is early on in the conversation for NFL MVP. He's had yeah. an absolutely incredible year so far, except against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. The, Bucs, the Bucs went on this run where it didn't matter how big – uh, a name running back they they were facing it didn't matter where they ranked whether it was McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley or Todd Gurley they were shutting down the run game with Kyle Allen at quarterback the Bucks may have to respect the passing game a little bit more than they did as the the week two matchup progressed you know we saw Cam Newton even when he had open receivers was off his game on the flip side, this Buccaneer secondary is allowing more passing yards than any other team in the NFL. So even if they shift their focus to McCaffrey, you're you're looking at a team that will give up yards to the quarterback. And and Kyle Allen, I mean, he's he's no Cam Newton, but he can get the job done through the air. What is going to be the recipe? for offensive success for the Panthers in this game you know, to to kind of counter what we saw in that week two matchup where they just could not get anything going. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see them really try to air it out because this Buccaneers team is kind of going back to their old ways in terms of being pretty beatable uh, in the passing game. Like you said, I mean, they're they're really – down there and just looking at the last couple of weeks now 
yeah, the offense put up 55, but their their defense still got shredded a bit by the Rams and the Saints, which, you know, that's obviously not a knock because we're talking two extremely good offenses in the Rams and the Saints. But the fact of the matter is the Buccaneers are still being beaten quite soundly in the passing game. And, you know, Kyle Allen hasn't had to do a, a whole lot in the passing game since he came in, but he's done plenty enough to make defenses respect him. And I think that that's going to be the key. I, I would not be surprised to see them air it out to DJ Moore um, more than they have, you know, get him more involved. Now, I, if I remember correctly, I, th- I think he and Samuel still had a lot of targets in uh, in the first Buccaneers game. It's just a matter of, you know, now that Allen's in, I think there's a, a much better chance that a lot of those passes are going to connect versus what you saw with Cam Newton. So if they can just continue to be in sync, I think, uh, Allen and these receivers, that is immensely going to help help the Panthers' chances because McCaffrey now, you know, really you just hand him the ball and he he just makes things happen. So, you know, with without an injured quarterback to f- focus on or to not have to focus on rather, as, as the case may be, uh, it, it's likely going to open things up a lot more, I think, f- for McCaffrey. So, um, but more and Samuel, I think, really become important pieces in this game if the, if the Panthers want to win this one. All right. Now, <clears throat> for the Buccaneers, the key is they have to get a win in this game. Plain and simple, you you can't go into the bye after being two and two and then go in at two and four, one and two in the division. This is, again, you're looking at another must-win game for the Buccaneers. Offensively, the Buccaneers have done a a pretty solid job this year, but we're seeing these trends where O.J. Howard is, is just simply not involved in the offense. Mike Evans has almost become an afterthought to the explosion that is Chris Godwin. But this is an offense that can put up, as we saw against Los Angeles and and against um, you know the Giants again, you know even against the Saints, this team can put up points. So, is there is there a matchup that worries you from a Panthers defensive standpoint as to being able to slow down or or stop the Bucks offense? I mean, you mentioned uh, him yourself; he's explosive. Chris Godwin. I was a huge Godwin fan coming into the season and he has, he's even exceeded my expectations. I thought he would do really well and he's just blowing the roof off, off of it. And it's, I even have him in fantasy in one of my leagues. So he's been making me very happy. So I'm not just saying that just because he's been doing well for me in fantasy, but, or because he's a fellow Penn state alum, by the way, too, I'll throw that out there. But, uh, we knew he had the talent. We knew Godwin, this was his potential breakout season, and he's been nothing short of that. So without a doubt, he's probably the biggest worry. And, you know, like you said, O.J. Howard has been quiet. Mike Evans had a dud last week, um, who, who, by the way, I also have him on that same fantasy team as well as Chris Godwin, so it kind of balanced out. But <laughs> Chris Godwin – he can just beat you in so many ways. So yeah, the, the, the biggest worry, no doubt for me right now, and as much, and I love Mike Evans, but 
Chris Godwin has just been outstanding and he'll he'll beat you in a number of ways. Well, and I, I will say you're a braver man than I. I have this rule in fantasy football. I will not draft any players from the NFC South outside of Buccaneers. But yeah, and I do have a caveat. I will pick some up off of the waiver wire. I will trade for some. I will not absolutely without question, I will not own a Carolina Panthers player on any of my fantasy teams ever. And that is a stance that I've had for the better part of a decade. <laughs> fair. I mean, fair enough. You know, everybody has their, has their tweaks. I just kind of roll with the punches, you know, I'll, I'll draft Carson Wentz and then they'll turn around and draft Dak Prescott. If, if the case may be. So that's, that's, that's just how things roll, I guess, in fantasy. I, I blame Jake DeLome and Steve Smith. I have an unnatural hatred for the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> and now they will be forever in Panthers glory in the, in the ring of honor. Oh, Steve Smith's the worst. I can't stand <laughs> watching him on NFL Network. That dude, oh, he drives me nuts. But, man, what a hell of a football player. Nothing but respect for that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. That's okay. Most people just watch NFL Network for Kay Adams anyway. Oh, I love Kay Adams. Love you, Kay. <laughs> no, well, and I, I'm a big NFL Network guy because Rich Eisen is my media idol. I absolutely adore that guy. He, yeah. He's uh, incredible. Yeah, it, it's great. What, what a run he's had. All right. Well, back to uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> back anyway. He and tea and crumpets. Before on, this becomes on a love morning. fest. <laughs> um. Yeah. When I when I take a look at this matchup, Bill, it's to me it really is anyone's game, and it goes back to exactly what we've talked about so far: the the Bucks defense being susceptible to the passing game. Kyle Allen really, really playing well, stepping in, getting the job done. As you said, the having a healthy quarterback has really transformed this Panthers team early on in the season. And it's going to be one of those games that I believe is, is going to be a shootout. It's going to be one of those where each team just keeps throwing haymakers as hard as they can because really neither team can afford to lose. Yeah, you have you have the Panthers, and correct me if I'm wrong. They are the only division game that they've played this year is that Buccaneers game, correct? Right. Yep. Okay. And they do not so, have another division game until week eleven after this one. Okay. Okay. So you would have a, a Panthers team going into the bye at three and three, oh and two in the division with a loss. Whereas mm-hmm. you would have the Bucks going into the bye. As I mentioned earlier, two and four, one and two in the division. Um, neither team can can afford to lose this game because you're really starting to put yourself behind the eight ball in terms of being able to compete for the postseason. This is, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. We we mentioned that week two was almost a must win game for for either team after struggling in week one, and now we're talking about it again here in week six that that neither team can afford to come home from London with a loss. Uh, With that in mind, 
Bill, what is the key matchup that you are looking for in this game? I, th- I think, well, even before the matchups, I think one of the biggest stories to watch, at least in practice for the Panthers, is going to be the status of Dante Jackson because, um, you know, he's missed the last couple of games with an injury. If he can't go, then you're likely looking at Ross Cockrell, which, you know, with all due respect to Cockrell, he's been playing great and he's just so versatile, but it's still a little bit of a downgrade. And I, I still worry you know, with between him and James Bradbury, who's been inconsistent, Trey Boston's been very up and down. This secondary, and, and they showed it week two, this secondary is very susceptible to the talent that the Buccaneers present on on offense at wide receivers, whether it's Mike Evans, whether it's Chris Godwin. You know, like I said before, Chris Godwin really is that guy that – can really start to take over an offense and against a team like the Panthers, he can really beat them. So I'm really, really curious how they're going to, how they're going to game plan for these guys the second time around. And then um, I'll, I'll go in the trenches because I always love talking about the trenches. I did. So last, last week when I was talking with T and, and the Jaguars, um, Brian Burns has just been an outstanding force as, as a rookie so far. He's really been as advertised. And I know the Buccaneers are dealing with, um, you know, a little bit of concern. I think, I think they've got some injuries. I know Kappa, I think they said was actually playing with a broken arm yeah. against the, uh, <laughs> against the saints, you know, so, th- so they've got some concerns there on the offensive line. So Definitely. The, the Panthers, that's a spot I think they have to to really take advantage. You know, they've done a fantastic job of getting to these quarterbacks and, and really causing pressure. It's really one of the biggest reasons they've won these last three games. They sacked Kyler Murray eight times. They sacked Deshaun Watson six times. And, um, you know, they put a lot of pressure on Gardner Minshew and had that key fumble or the key fumble recovery with a few minutes left in the game, as well as, of course, Brian Burns fumble recovery for a touchdown in the second quarter but you know as big if not bigger was that late fumble as the Jaguars are driving and possibly looking to win the game and so this defense just has to continue to play or at least the front seven just needs to continue to play as top-notch as they have been these last couple of weeks and really get Jameis Winston off his game and slow up that offense and limit the opportunities that Chris Godwin can have to beat this offense. Yeah, you you mentioned the offensive line for the Buccaneers. The both the starting right guard and the starting right tackle will not play in this game. You mentioned Kappa with with the broken arm. I mean, and hats off to Kappa. Good grief. The dude breaks his arm in the second quarter and finishes the game and then after the game told the media it was just a bruise. I mean, wow. And and I've broken my arm before too, playing football. And and now my injury was, you know, it was obvious. It, it was quite obvious what happened. So, you know, I guess it depends on the severity, but still. And I mean, let's remember this is a kid that um was nowhere near division one, but the great folks at the senior bowl, and this of course was back when Phil Savage was still running it. They spotted him, they brought him to the senior bowl, and he had a fantastic week. 
and he he proved he belonged to the big boys. He proved that he belonged in the NFL. And you know that's a credit to the Buccaneers as well, because it's not just him, but it's Ali Marpet as well mm-hmm. from uh, from Division Three also. So you know they're they're finding these these small school guys and really developing them into really good players. So yeah, you know a lot a lot of respect for Alex Kappa to be playing the way he did, especially against the Saints team that we know. Can, can really bring the fire on defense, especially with, you know, a guy like Cameron Jordan. So, you know, hats off to him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, my my dark horse player for this game is going to be Cameron Brait. And I realize the tight ends have not gotten involved very much, but here's why I say it's going to be Cam Brait. With the injuries to the right side of the line, Although O.J. Howard is an elite-level pass-catching tight end who's just flat-out not being used, he's so good in both run and pass blocking that they are going to have to utilize him on the right side of the line 75% of this game in a blocking role. He's going to have to provide that help, and I think that's going to provide opportunity for Cambrate to get a few receptions in this game, you know, and I'm not saying he's going to have a, a huge game, but I could see four or five receptions, maybe three or four of them going for first downs, you know, on, on third down plays, you know, just enough to be able to kind of keep drives moving, but they are going to have to have help because the Buccaneers offensive line was already questionable enough as a whole. You lose your starting right side. You have to have help all day long or you're right. This Panthers front seven is going to end up tearing Jameis apart, much like we saw with the pass rush from New Orleans. You know, they had three sacks on one drive in the fourth quarter, and, and the Bucks just cannot allow that. So I expect to see a lot of blocking done by OJ Howard in this game. And and that to me is is the key matchup. It's how how the Buccaneers offensive line is going to respond to these injuries and prevent the pass rush from getting to Jameis and creating just an absolute disaster of a day. Uh, so it's it it all boils down to the trenches, as, as you said, and, and as you love to talk about, that is the key matchup from my standpoint is the Bucks offensive line versus the Panthers pass rush. Yeah, and then I, I, obviously I'm right there with you. And, you know, I, I got to give the Panthers a lot of credit too because – Obviously, they've been playing the last couple of weeks without K1 short. And, you know, normally you would see a team, they lose a, a top player like that and they just start to crumble. But Vernon Butler has come in. He stepped up, you know, when there was a lot of worry with him, especially with this being his final year. You know, can he actually kind of take that next step? Well, he's been starting to. And he's been really playing well in, in place of K1 short. So, um, yeah, like, like I said, this. This is a big step, I think, for this front seven. Um, you know, Burns has got to get there. Addison's got to get there. Haynes has got to get there. They, they've got to get Jameis Winston kind of off his game because that's, you know, it, it just seems like that's where a lot of teams have success because Jameis Winston, you know, he can struggle if he has to be on the move a bit. And like I said, if you can limit the poss- limit the opportunities that guys like Godwin and Evans have to – take the top off the defense and really, you know, stretch your defense and beat up on your defense. If you can limit that, then I think the Panthers will be okay. But if not, 
then I'm really concerned that Chris Godwin's gonna gonna burn them quite a bit as he's had the last couple of weeks against against some of these defenses. All right. Well, with that, Bill, let's give our score predictions, and uh, I'll uh, I'll defer to you. What do you, how do you see this game playing out? This is tough. You know, these games are always fun, and I, I, th- I think we might have even said that the first time we talked. But the, but this is going to be a good game. Um, we'll see how these defenses and like all this talent, how how it'll translate because. We know when when you go to London, things can get pretty weird. Um, you know, just look at last week's game. The, the Raiders are out to a seventeen nothing lead on the Bears, blow that lead, but then come back late and win it. But I think the Panthers are going to win this game. But I'm with you. I think that's going to be a shootout. I, I, I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. I am going to say Panthers thirty five, Buccaneers thirty. Well, when we did this the first time around, I picked the Panthers to win. And if we've learned nothing else from the beginning of this season, it's this. Even numbered weeks, the Bucs win. (laughs) And by God, it's an even number week. Uh, I do think it's close. I I, I don't think the Buccaneers shut down McCaffrey the way they did in week two. But I think they do enough to keep the Panthers' offense at bay, and and the offense gets their act together yet again. Bruce Arian said it to the media on Monday: "If you have leadership, you don't lose two in a row." And I think this team does have plenty of leadership. They're still kind of finding their way. Give me the Bucks, thirty-three to twenty-eight. Not bad. I mean, like I said, these games are always fun. They could honestly go either way. I would not be surprised. You know, a couple of lucky bounces of the ball one way or the other. Um, and, and like I said, it's, it's especially for the for the Panthers. I know the Buccaneers have been there before. Um, this this is foreign territory to the Panthers. They've obviously this this will be their first time playing in London. So this is all. All, all new for Carolina. So we'll see how they how they take it in. And, you know, obviously the time change is going to be a factor, you know, how because the, the Buccaneers have been there before. So they can – I know it's been a while since they've been there, but they can kind of understand um, how to mentally prepare their bodies for, you know, the drastic time change, whereas the Panthers haven't really done this yet. So I think that's going to be if, – if we're talking like – Deep, I don't even know if I want to say X factors, just like weird snippets to watch for and weird keys to the game. I think that's another interesting one for the Panthers is can they, um, you know, adjust their time, their their body clocks uh, to get ready for this game, especially with being so early. You know, I mean, for us here on the East Coast, it's going to be 930 in the morning when we start watching this game. So. You know, it's it's just those weird snippets that just make football fun. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how much of a factor that actually is. All right. Well, Bill, buddy, always a pleasure. It's always fun to talk to you, buddy. Absolutely. Um, 
like I, I always say it every week. You know, I, I love crossover Wednesdays. I, I really do. I love getting on with with the hosts, and then especially these uh these divisional matchups, whether it's you or Aaron or Ross. They're they're always a lot of fun. So it's good to, you know, in, in a way though, this is bittersweet because I mean, this is already our second one, so we're done for the season, yeah. <laughs> and it's only week six. Yeah, well, unless you know the stars align and we end up talking in January, you never know. Yeah, that, the NFL is a wacky right. thing. Saints lose like five straight, and these teams take advantage. <laughs> we'll see. You never know. Yeah, it's it's so hard to tell. I mean, so so much can happen in the span of just a couple weeks in the NFL that you know nothing is nothing yet. Everything surprises me. Absolutely, <laughs> and that's the beauty of football. All right. Well, make sure you're checking out everything Bill is doing at the Locked On Panthers podcast over at the Panthers Wire and on Twitter at Bill. It's it's Bill underscore Rossetti, correct? Yes, sir. All right. At Bill underscore Rossetti. That's two C's and two T's. Check out everything I'm doing over at the Locked On Bucks podcast at BucksNation.com and on Twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks hope you all have an absolutely terrific day and thank you so much for joining us right here on crossover wednesdays labels out here now they can't tell me nothing we give it to the people spread it across the country here we go back this is the moment tonight is the night we'll fight till it's over so we put our hands up like this is